welcome everybody to episode 88 of Dork Tunes. So we've been about a month since you've last seen us. Um, last chatted with the lovely Alex. Um, so yes, this time I'm speaking with the ever lovely. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Rob Kovacs. Um, thanks for having me on your show. Um, I'm a composer, singer, songwriter, pianist, producer. I've composed a soundtrack for the VR game Straylight. And I uh, have a side project, which is a pretty big project uh, to call it a side project, but it's called 88-Bit. And I arrange mostly NES music, note for note for piano, but I also arrange um, other video game music as well. And um, that's been a big part of my career. That's a little bit about who I am. Fabulous. So Rob, um, I'm going to get onto various different things later on, but what I'd like to start with is how did you get to where you are now? Like a lot of people, a lot of composers do it very, very differently. Everybody's different. So one might just go to a lot of events and get to know people. Another person just went the kind of classical way and went to university and trained. And you know, how, how did that happen for you? Man, I could probably answer that. I could probably take the whole 30 minutes to answer that question. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, been a wild winding path of so many different, you know, trying so many different things. And, um, but I, I've always known for, you know, since I was my, since I wrote my first song when I was like 10, I wrote a little piano song. I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. I want to write music. So that's kind of always guided me. And anytime I got away from focusing on music, I would become very unhappy and depressed and realize like, yeah, if I, I can't, if I'm not doing music, I, I can't, something is missing. So that's always guided me. I had music lessons as a kid, piano lessons as a kid. My parents, you know, thankfully gave me lessons. And then I wanted to go to, uh, I, w I wanted to be in bands. I wanted to like write music and perform because that's what I, that's what I ultimately love doing the most, most writing music and performing equally. So, you know, <laughs> some composers just like to write. I love performing. It's one of the most exhilarating things in the yeah. world. So I went to college for music, studied music theory, not because I wanted to be a theorist, but like it kind of gave me a, a kind of a catch-all, allowed me to focus on composition and performance. And I did like theory. Mm -hmm. um, so it was great. I went to Baldwin Wallace College. It was a great opportunity. Um, learned a lot about minimalism and contemporary music. And then after that, focused on my band, Return of Simple, and eventually moved to New York City and was a musician out there and, and gigged wow. around and... I'm trying to condense as much as I can and then move back, uh, focus on making, uh, you know, writing music and playing out and making an album. And then the pandemic hit and all my gig work stopped. And, but it allowed me to kind of focus more on recording and composing and uh, eventually finish the game Straylight, which I wrote the soundtrack for, which I mentioned earlier. And that came out just a few years ago. Oh, no, it came out this year. <laughs> we worked on it for like five years, but it finally came out this year. <laughs> And then streaming online was a big, since the pandemic, I've been streaming on Twitch for three years now. And um, we're waiting, I'm waiting on my partner application to come back. So I saw. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a big nice. deal. And then I started like the video game music project on the side. That's been about five years now too. And uh, all of everything I've done, even like, you know, just lounge music gigs or playing in musicals or music directing or playing in other bands, all of that has like fed and led um, to where I'm at today. Fabulous. So um, 
you mentioned Straylight. Straylight came out obviously this year. You've been involved with that for five years, you said. Yeah. It looks yeah. really, really good. Um, although I Thank think you. it might make me feel a bit. <laughs> Actually, no. That's what everyone. Yeah. Because if you have you tried VR before? Oh yeah, I've got. I had the original PSVR, and I've just bought PSVR two, and I'm playing. Um, oh, nice. Ball Mountain, which is. Uh, it makes me sweat. You know which game? Which game? Call of the Mountains, the Horizon oh. Zero Dawn one. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And VR that is going to make you sick. That's yeah. going to make you. It doesn't actually make me sick. It just makes me sweat a lot. I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to do that. And I've actually not played it for like a couple of days because I'm like, I know what I have to do and I don't want to do it. You know, because I have to jump yeah. across this ravine and then you know climb up this thing with my things and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So the Straylight game, we specifically wanted to build a movement game in VR that doesn't make people sick. Yeah. And when you see the videos, you're like, people are flying around. You're like, well, yeah, of course, yeah, that's yeah. going to make me sick. Yeah. Um, but we did a, a lot of things to um, eliminate the, the motion yeah. sickness, which is really caused from a disconnect from your what your brain sees and what your body feels. So but when you really removed all the walls and the yeah. ceilings and the floors yeah. and you're just kind of like floating in space, it, it, it works. The brain kind of yeah. accepts that situation. Plus, you can only move when you like move your hand. So you are in control of your movement of all times. That's another thing that you know the brain doesn't like. If you all of a sudden in VR, if you're like moved or like the floor drops, immediately like makes that yeah. immediately makes me sick. So we did a lot of things to make, try to make a, a game where you can experience movement in VR and feel comfortable. Mm. It's really strange because back in the PSVR one days, I used to play quite a lot of Wipeout in VR. Never affected me. Oh, but like wow. I'd sit my friends down and they'd be like 60 seconds. They're like, no, yeah. absolutely no. No. Yeah. Really? Well, you must have you must have your VR legs then. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to give you a, after this call, I'm going to give you a, a key for Straylight so you can try it out. <laughs> so you said you'd be involved with Straylight for five years. How did that actually all start for you? That's an interesting question too. There's five of us who worked on the game, two programmers, and then the other three of us worked on movies for a while. We did for ten years. We did a bunch of like forty-eight hour film projects where you have forty-eight hours to yeah. write, direct, shoot, a, and edit a film. And I um, do that every year. Yeah, it's I. I really kind of cut my teeth on that, learning to score films fast, mm -hmm. and um, getting over perfectionism because you have no time to look over every note and make sure everything is perfect. You just have to get something that fits the mood and, and uh, adds to the film. So uh, the main cinematographer for that group met these two programmers and they asked him if he would do graphics for their game. We were doing a game jam, which is the same concept for uh, the global game jam, get 48 hours to make a game prototype. And then he invited me to do the music and he invited the director to be a part of the game as well. And he's going to help direct. And then, we made this prototype of this movement thing. And I wrote us a, uh, a song that would end up being the Straylight theme. Wrote that in two days, recorded it using the Prophet 5 back here. Because mm -hmm. um, we wanted like an 80s theme. Uh, the Global Game Jam has like different targets that you can like just try to hit for fun. One of them was 80s theme. So I was like, well, I've got this quintessential 80s synth, which I've never really used too much. And let's try it out. So. And uh, two days came up with the straight light theme based on the concept of the game and yeah. of like floating and, and, you know, experiencing flight 
mm-hmm. in VR for the first time. So that all led to the the song. And then we were like, well, you know what? Let's make this a real thing. So mm-hmm. in our spare time, we mm-hmm. uh, it took five years, and then you know, pandemic kind of slowed things down. But in our spare time, we we made this game. One we've won awards for it and everything, and mm-hmm. and people really do do love it. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I've been listening to the soundtrack, and it slaps quite frankly. Oh man, that makes me so glad. There's um particular track that I was like, I was listening to it earlier on, and I did as you said, headphones, listen to the soundtrack, you know, so I'm popping around the house. Um, Void Compass. Oh yeah, that I would dance to in a nightclub. I love that. Oh, so good. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, that's the most upbeat, fast one. And it's what level five in the game where we're trying to like encourage a player to go fast. Like you, there's a lot of like big leaps in that level, and you have to like go fast to yeah. get through that level. So hype song, and yeah, that's a. I'm I'm glad that you enjoy it. I feel very proud about the whole album. Um, yeah. I wrote the soundtrack with the idea that like I want this to be an album that you can just listen to and enjoy. And uh, for me, it's the best thing that I've ever made. Yeah, and it's, it's I've just seen the soundtrack. It's like forty three minutes long. That's perfect for yeah. vinyl. Well, I yeah, I have a the vinyl. We just I just, literally just got the vinyl sent like two days ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I genuinely didn't know it was a thing. And I collect uh, VGM vinyl. I am obsessed. You know? Oh, um, oh, great! Oh man, yeah, we had a, honestly, I just got a, uh, um, go the God of War Ragnarok uh, vinyl that arrived oh, last oh. week. Yeah, very you know, so, very incredible uh, soundtrack. A lot of vinyl. How many vinyls is that? Is that like four? Uh, it's three. 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 Okay. Yeah. And I got the Elden Ring one last year. That's like ten. Mm. It's wow. Really, really Jesus. Good. I've got the Akami one. You know the really famous Akami one. I've oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, I'd never sell it, even though I could sell it for a lot. I would never. You know. Yeah. Um, I want to have hold on to that one. Yeah, and I've got some nice ones. I've got like David Housen sent me Thomas Was Alone, sign, which is lovely. Oh, um, nice. And my friends, I don't know whether you've ever heard of them, the Pickford Brothers. What was the name? Pickford Brothers. They're, I don't think so. They made a game called Plock back in the day. Oh, they did Plock. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, that's them. Um, they're really good friends of mine, and uh, they sent me a sign. Oh, wow. Final of that as well. Oh, I love that. Got a few, um, uh, signed one from Austin Wintry, but he's a good friend. Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's so brilliant. But I think, you know, and, and you will know that from what you've done, I'm assuming that being within the kind of BDM community, that it kind of provides you with things that you never thought would ha- ever happen. That, would I be correct in saying that? Yeah. Your uh, experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and the, yeah, 100%. The VGM community is like, there's the there's the video game cover community, which I've been a part of through my 88 bit. And then there's the uh, composers community, which is so welcoming. Both yeah. groups, so welcoming, so positive, just full of great people. Yeah, yeah. The, I, and a lot of people share the same sentiment, but it's like the best music community that I've ever been a part of. And I've been a part of like, indie, you know, rock bands and jazz and classical music and musical theater. And like, there's a lot more competition there and trying to be better than everyone but um not there's really so, none of that in the vgm scene both from the musicians and the people who just want to hear it like there's just it's, they're just they just love it's a really lovely, yeah it's a 
a lovely kind of um, group to be within. I know, like, for example, I'm on a Discord for um, video game vinyl collectors. And everybody is so lovely. You know, we will help each other out as much as we can. I mentioned um, just in passing that I really liked the Firewatch soundtrack. And I really, I I missed that on um, a repress a few years ago. Um, And I'm really annoyed about that because I loved the game. Have you ever played it? No, I don't think so. Honestly, it is phenomenal. And Chris Reno does the soundtrack and it is beautiful. It's really, really good. I'll have to check that out. I was yeah, it's up there the with like, soundtracks. you know, the Out of Wilds, mm. which I was so annoyed again because I missed the second repress oh, no. that earlier this year. Um, but they've said it's going to be repressed with larger volume at the end of this year. So that's that's how I hope so. Yeah, Andy yeah, Prado's great. This is the only thing about that community is that if something is announced, you need to buy it straight away because otherwise you will not get it. Yeah, we. Uh... If you're stray late, we did a Bandcamp uh, pre-order mm-hmm. through their their site, and um, so that w- went great. We funded the the album through that, and we will have very soon. Um, we, we pressed extra so that we can be able to sell some. Uh, we'll be getting those like probably this week. So Definitely I'll let link you know. Me with that. <laughs> I'll let you know. Yeah, <laughs> but it must be nice for you, like as a composer, um, to see a the game out being appreciated as it has been, and also being able to produce something like the vinyl to have it physically in your hands and go i did that 100 percent. and having something physical makes it feel real mm. and more real like i've been mm-hmm. a part of a lot of other people's records and sometimes they're digital only and like you kind of for, you forget that you worked on that or like that it even exists but at least when i have like even just a cd or tape or whatever yeah. uh it's it gives it a, a realness and, yeah yeah definitely. and they look nice you know they look looks beautiful <laughs> And everything. And how many of the pressed? Um, I think, I think we had, uh, I think we had two hundred pressed total. I don't exactly remember. And we so over a hundred. I think we sold over one hundred and twenty for the initial batch. And I think we yeah. had about two hundred, somewhere right. around there. Yeah. Well, that's really good. And yeah, I know a lot of other composers um, who will work on a project. And then once that's released, and you know, it's out in the wild, so to say, um, they kind of go, right, okay, that's in a box, not to be seen again, will not listen, do not listen. You know, are you, would you be the same or? No, no, I'm not the same. <laughs> no. <laughs> I write music that I want to hear. Yeah. That doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. And I love the Straylight music. Like I had so much fun writing it and coming up with like new sounds and new tones for me and like, I like challenging myself with new chord progressions and, and melodies and trying to push my own musical boundaries. Um, so I, I I listen to it a lot every once in a while. I listen to it on the plane a lot. It's a great plane album. It's, it kind of just calms me down. And um, yeah. yeah, so no, I, I, I enjoyed that record probably yeah. more than anything. Yeah, more than anything else I've ever done. It's funny you say about calming you down. It's, it's definitely something that happened with maybe video game music. Um, there are certain soundtracks that I can put off after a really horrible day or a horrible, you know, weekend or something's happened, and I just headphones on, that soundtrack on, and I'm in my happy place. You know, um, yeah. there was one soundtrack that I had for six years. It was my top played album on Spotify every every year. You know, when Spotify rap comes up, I was like, yeah, there it is again. Which one? Which one was that? Um, 
it's probably my favourite soundtrack of all time, which is the soundtrack to Everybody's Gone to the Rapture by Jessica Curry. Oh, it wow. is... I don't think I know that one. Oh, it's you gotta, you gotta send me these soundtracks. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. Um, it's basically, I don't know whether you know the story. I don't. It was released uh, years ago, 2016, 2015, um, on PlayStation. And it's basically the story of you arrive at the village and everybody's disappeared. So you have mm. to figure out how and why. Um, and the story is told kind of backwards almost or in, in different bits. And the way you find out the story is you are walking through the village and then you will come across like a, almost like a golden kind of haze and they turn into people and they, they talk and through their conversations that you're putting things you know, together. But you'll see things at the beginning that actually belong at the end. And it's, it's really clever. There's one particular scene that will always stay with me, which I won't spoil for you. Actually, there's a few. <laughs> and it's it, I genuinely, it's the first game that I sat and I finished and I sobbed for about 20 minutes at the end. Oh my goodness. Wow. It's beautiful. And there's a couple oh, of pieces of music out, you know, that absolutely beautiful. And then when they're played in the game, it's just another level, you know, um, but you will cry. <laughs> wow. I love that. Yeah. I'll, I have to check it out. Is it on PS5 by chance? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it is. Okay. I yeah. get it. You can get it on PSN. So uh, highly recommended. But yeah, I totally get that with the kind of relaxation bit, you know, we all do it. So yeah. next question for you is about your other side project, 88-bit. Tell me a little bit yeah. about that. How did that happen? How did that start? Um, I think I came up with the idea around 2015 um, to um, take the NES music and arrange it for piano very accurately to for a couple of reasons too. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great music on NES games that is mm. oh, yeah. fairly unknown mm. unless, you know, you're scouring YouTube and you really want to dig into NES music or you played the games. Yeah. Um, so much, there's so much great music written in these games that are really buried in the game unless you're good at it and you can get to the end. And, you know, Adventures of Lolo is a great example. It has the same song for 50 levels. And then if you beat it, which is very difficult, especially for like kids, like 10 year old, yeah. like this, this game is so, it's such a tough puzzle game. Um, if you beat it, you get this awesome like Latin jazz tune at the end of this game that just rewards you with this little scene and this song, that's it. But you only get to hear that song if you beat the whole game. So I want to shed light on some lesser known video games uh, music and just discover more video game music on my own. Because I, and, that that era NES music is and is really important in music history because it's some of the earliest mass consumed computer music. Mm -hmm. And now we take that for granted, like everything is MIDI or, or uh, assisted with MIDI. But back then, like having a computer play music was revolutionary. And as a composer, you don't have to worry about playability or how difficult it is or or instrument range. You could just it could do anything almost as fast as you beyond your imagination. Um, it does have its limitations, though. You can, like, for the Nintendo, you could essentially only play three notes at a time, um, three three voices for three pitched voices. So they would cram a ton of notes in there, and you just get this music that is unlike anything else. Yeah. 
And um, a lot of people, though, if you know, unless they grew up with the game, like my parents, for example, if they hear those tones, they're kind of going to be turned off. And it's just like, that's just like toy music. But when you hear it on a real instrument and when you hear it on a piano, um, you get more of a dynamic variation and there's more life to it. And um, it allows more people to appreciate the music than yeah. otherwise would. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it blows my mind with Ness, the, as you mentioned about the limitations. How did it some of those music? It just... Um, what did you say? How did it what? How did, like, it amazes me how they managed to get so much out of the machine music-wise. Oh, right. With such limitations. Yeah, it is really powerful. I mean, it is a <laughs> computer. So they have, it, the NES had five channels. One's for noise. One was for like crude short samples, which really wasn't used too much. Um, and the other three were like two square waves and a triangle wave. And, you know, you could cram tons of notes in like one voice. Like you could just go, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that on a voice, but you can go you know, cycle through all the notes in one channel. Like a, like a human could never, like a voice human could never do that. But this computer can. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's a lot of power. In it. it gave the composers a lot of um, power. Yeah. Within the limitations, and um, get, you know, guys like David Wise and Takashi Dadaishi and Brad Fuller all use this uh, stuff to great effect. And what would be your personal favorite? Can be, you know, the mass one, or it can be, you know, a lesser known one. What would be your kind of one that you go, yeah, I love that. <sighs> I know, hard. You know, two two are nostalgic based, and uh, and they're so different, and I love them both, but. Um, Mega Man 2, you know, I grew up with that game and every level, every character has its own theme and they're just so energetic and so um, unique and like kind of rock based. Um, I love the Mega Man 2. It's composed by Takashi Tatishi. And I also love Marble Madness, which is such a bizarre soundtrack. It's so abstract, written in 1984, originally for an arcade game mm-hmm. um, by Brad Fuller and Hal Cannon. And it's just like, it's just wild. Like, you don't, there's no other soundtrack quite like it. And there was no precedent yet about what video game music should sound like. So they're just like, let's do whatever. And they, and for that one, they had a new chip. They had the, uh, yeah, basically a Yamaha DX7 chip in the arcade game. So they were just like, let's experiment and do all this cool stuff. And, uh, so those, those are two of my, those are two of my favorite soundtracks. I think one of my favorites is, I know it's so cheesy, you know. I love it, you know, it is uh, the moon in DuckTales. It's awesome. And it's in 15 days. Yeah. That gives me goosebumps. I love it. Yeah, um, it's a brilliant composition. This high arpeggio thing in 15-8 to start, and then this low melody comes in, and then and then it just starts jamming, and then we get to 4-4. Four, four, four. But yeah, that no, that's a great, that's a great piece. The whole sound, That's a great soundtrack. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, something you mentioned earlier on was um, when the pandemic appeared, lucky us, um, all <laughs> your your kind of live music stuff canceled, well, well, stopped. Um, and then you said you moved on to Twitch. Yeah. And now you're waiting for yeah. your affiliate? No, partner. Uh, partner. Yeah, Sorry. partner. Partner is hard to get, mm-hmm. but we're... We're there just kind of now we've been waiting for like four weeks to get a response. This is my second time applying. But yeah, Twitch has been life changing. Um, and everything I mentioned earlier has like Twitch allows me to take all the different experiences I've had musically and life wise and like present it in one place. 
and find an audience that wants to hear it, wants to see it. All my music, all my video game music stuff, all my original music stuff, like I play, I, I love rock music and pop indie rock and I get to play all that there as well. I get to sing and play piano and play different keyboards and connect with people and chat and uh, grow an audience that wants to hear my stuff. So it's been absolutely incredible. I've been doing it for three years. Uh, when the pandemic started, you know, I lost everything. And then I was like, well, I'll stream on Facebook because that's where my biggest following was. Okay. And I did that for about three or four months. And then, you know, Facebook is really a terrible uh, streaming platform. It's a terrible platform for streaming, both as a viewer and a streamer. And so eventually I was like, okay, I'm going to go back over to Twitch. And and then it's just kind of snowballed from there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've just met my people. I feel like I've met so many people like me and yeah. so supportive of me, so <laughs> encouraging. Uh, I've never felt more supported in my career than ever than on Twitch. That's a nice feeling. It's amazing, yeah. It's it's really amazing. The whole past three past past five years have been great. Twitch, yeah. the VGM community mm-hmm. has been amazing. And this, as you said, you're doing your little thing, and there's lots of other people doing their little thing, including people like Smooth Groove, who does a completely different tune. He uses his vocals, and wow, he just blows me away the stuff that he does. He's so intelligent, he's so smart with it. It's just mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah, he is next level. He was one of like pioneers of, of video game music covers and doing it in such a unique way, acapella, yeah. so in tune, mm-hmm. um, you know, big beard and hair. Like he looks, you know, fascinating and, uh, you know, very appealing. Big beard and hair. I, yeah, well, I've got the beard at least. <laughs> so, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, inspiring guy. Him, you know, um, Insane in the Rain too, Insane in the Rain music, another you know, crazy, talented video game music uh, arranger yeah. and now composer. Crazy, isn't um, it? Yeah. It, you know, and, and as, as we mentioned earlier on, being involved in the community is really kind of, it's what I know I love to do and be around, but I never thought that the stuff that it would provide me or enable me to do, you know, I like got involved, got invited down to Air Studios in London to see um, Ori and the Will the Wisps being born. As we say, what? And then, yeah, it was. You got to see absolute... it being born. Oh my yeah. goodness! <clears throat> the soundtrack with Gareth. Is Gareth there too? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah. wow! Um, it's on my Instagram. Oh, I need to check that out. <laughs> yeah, just click down a bit. I think I just followed you. Oh no, I just followed you today on Instagram. Yeah. so I'll look for that. Yeah, yeah. It's, honestly, it's there's even some videos, and um, yeah, I've done that, uh, and then like I was. Uh, paid music consultant for a game that released three years ago um on switch so yeah oh what game uh the magnificent truffle pigs magnificent truffle pigs yes pigs yes it's um very very unique and very it's only very short um, games a couple of hours long maybe two three hours um and it was made with a lot of love by a friend and um Friend Andrew, who was who used to be part of the Chinese Room, which made everybody's gone to the Rapture. Um, so yeah, oh, wow, wow! Yeah. Well, congrats on being a part of that game. Are you working on anything else now? Are you involved in uh, anything else? No, just this at the moment. Just this at the moment. But, but if anybody needs a music consultant, I'm right here. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Contact. I'm very good at what I do. 
But yeah, because it led to um, Kevin Penkin did the score for it. Mm. Oh, wow. And Kevin's amazed. Um, I was really lucky enough to meet him and Lena Rain at uh, Eurogamer a few years ago. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I gave actually Kevin got my spare ticket. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, that's another soundtrack. That's the third soundtrack now I need to check out. Yeah. Um, and Kevin's stuff is phenomenal. Like his soundtrack for Florence is just so beautiful. And the vinyl is also gorgeous as well. <laughs> so really quickly, we're running out of time, unfortunately. Um, what's next? Or can you talk? Yeah. Um, uh, what is next? A lot of little projects, um, like one-off collaborations with other artists. Uh, I have another one coming up with Icarus Kid and Theology. Um, and uh, I have no games that I'm working on currently. I'm heavily focused on uh, Twitch right now and performing live. I have a bunch of albums. I have a couple more conventions coming up. Uh, Cleveland Gaming Classic and uh, Long Island Retro Gaming. Next couple weeks, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and albums of my own that I need to record. I have, there's a bunch of 88-bit stuff that I have arranged and I um, now just need to buckle down and, and record. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's good. You know, and it's nice to be able to finally be able to do things in person now. Yeah. It's, mm. yeah. I remember the first big concert I did after the pandemic was PAX West 2021, September. Yeah. And it was just uh, after not after having not played in like two years for a real audience, just online, like to receive yeah. that feedback from a live audience, like clapping yeah. and cheering, like it was almost overwhelming. Yeah, like last week was two years previous anniversary of um, the first time I went out, kind of post lockdown. Uh, went to a gig in Ma Manchester, and I remember when we walked in, none of us or nobody had. Um, mask on and um, there was a few minutes we were all stood around kind of looking at each other kind of going this is a bit weird not quite comfortable with this but then we just got into it and vibed with it and we had the best night in the world the next day i was aching and i didn't really drink that night um i was aching because i spent eight solid hours dancing it oh my fun. gosh that's great that i love that amazing you know, it's really nice to be able to look back at the videos of last week. I was like, I oh, remember that bit. I remember that bit. And it's just, I'll tell you the story afterwards because it's not for here. Um, and okay, I'll also okay. a little secret as well, but that's for afterwards. Um, but yes, just wanted to say a massive thank you for being part of the show. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you. And good luck with everything. <laughs> well, likewise, thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, good luck with your, your podcast. And I hope you get another... Um, uh, uh, music supervising gig soon. Thank you. And thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. <laughs>